and welcome to the Nursing Standard podcast. I'm Flavia Munn, editor of Nursing Standard, and I'm here as usual with my colleague, senior nurse editor, Richard Hatchett. Hi Flavia, good to be back again. Good to have you as always. And the topic of today's podcast is nurses' well-being. And uh, Richard, you've been speaking to Colin Hughes, who is a psychotherapist and lecturer in mental health nursing at Queen's University Belfast. Gosh, that was a bit of a mouthful, <laughs> but he's a very impressive fella, isn't he? He is indeed. Um, yeah, and we're looking at staff well-being and looking at some top tips on how you can look after yourself and recognise when you might need some extra help and what that might involve. So I think this would be uh, particularly pertinent at the moment. Absolutely. Well, let's take a listen. Today we're exploring the impact the COVID-19 experience may have and is having on colleagues and what on an individual level we can do to self-care and address our own wellness. And I'm joined by Colin Hughes, lecturer in mental health from Queen's University Belfast in the School of Nursing and Midwifery. And Colin has a particular interest in health behaviour change through cognitive behavioural therapy, CBT, and self-help techniques. So welcome, Colin. I'm interested in what impact you think the pandemic experience may have had on staff. First of all, thanks thanks for having me, Richard. Um, uh, it's good to be here. Um, the, the the impact on staff, I think we, we've heard quite a lot about um, the potential physical impact, but perhaps not as much as we need in terms of the psychological impact. Um, and I can, I can think really that the first thing probably that would concern me is around the general area of worry as opposed to the lower end of scale of, of, of things. And worry is particularly difficult. Um, it can manifest itself in a variety of ways and in a variety of conditions. But, but what does people worry about? You know, people worry about their friends, their family, their relationships, their health, which of course is particularly relevant um, today, um, the future, um, the, the world in general, and um, you know, for, 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 for our children and, and ourselves working in school. Um, and we, we, we can worry quite a lot about these things to the point where it will begin to have a negative impact on our psychological well-being. Um, uh, you know, it can manifest as stress, but it can go further and manifest itself as anxiety disorders. There is one other note that I feel that is important to highlight. There may well be those individuals who, as a result of the work that they're doing, um, uh, are, in essence, uh, experience a trauma uh, that, that's focused around that. And if left unchecked, that can actually result in uh, in trauma-related conditions like post-traumatic stress disorder. Um, and I think, you know, when the pandemic began, um, a lot of healthcare workers and other workers, people in the healthcare sector and other areas, uh, frontline workers, essentially rushed to help, um, uh, which is what you would expect people to do. Um, but we're now several months down the line, and uh, I think it's time for us to think about the impact that this extra level of stress has had on 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 everyone's psychological well-being and remember of course that within all of this we also have the issue of social isolation and social distancing and human beings at their core are social animals and we're not well equipped to manage um uh, social distancing because part of social distance and part of human communication which is so very important is touch which has been denied us. So that in and of itself creates an additional stressor. Um, so it's those, so it's a difficult question to answer in, in one sense, because there are so many factors that one needs to consider um, when you think about impact. So I suppose the question is, how do you know yourself as an individual that things are just not right? 
again, uh, you know, it can manifest itself in a, in a variety of different ways. Um, uh, but I suppose some of the more common things that you might discover is um, or notice is uh, disruption in sleep. It's usually a very common um, issue, um, not just with anxiety disorders, but also with low mood and, 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 and really all the disorders. Um, so things like having difficulty getting over to sleep and when you're having difficulty getting over to sleep, asking yourself the question, what's going through my mind right now? Um, uh, is your sleep disrupted and, 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 and you may be able to get over to sleep okay, but it may be broken during the, during the night. And again, of course, it's the same thing. Whenever you do wake up, you know, is it easy to get back over to sleep? Um, what goes through your mind? Um, that, that, that would be a major component. The other sorts of things one would need to consider would be... Um, you know, just how we all experience stress. So um, quite often we'll see increased irritability, um, a, a reduced uh, patience, um, feeling that you're overtired, um, uh, feeling quite agitated, um, uh, an inability to settle oneself. All of these things um, would be things that, that that would not necessarily raise a red, uh, raise a red flag, but would certainly want make, make, should make you want to consider and reflect on how, how you're managing life. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, do you feel completely overwhelmed? Um, do you feel, um, um, in terms of your physiology, do you always feel that unsettled feeling? And one of the most common symptoms in terms of that, of course, is kind of a, um, a butterfly or a churning in your stomach. Do you feel that way prior to going into work? Do you dread going into work? Do you worry about going into work? Do you worry about actually, you know, phoning in sick and not going into work, all of these things would be indicative of somebody who has reached a certain level of stress and probably is in danger of becoming um, or, or moving from stress to distress, and that would be concerning. So I suppose the, the million-dollar question is, what can people do um, about this? Yeah, I mean, um, when one thinks about um, uh, well-being, um, psychological well-being, um, we have a tendency to think that it's um, f- feeling good or feeling happy. Um, but psychological well-being um, is more than that. I suppose it's, it's having um, sort of uh, not necessarily positive or happy thoughts, but a lighter mood and a, a, a less negative mood. But there is another component that quite often we sometimes negate, and that's um, the idea of having mastery or a sense of achievement and satisfaction um, in, in the work that we're doing. So there, there are two aspects to that, um, feeling slightly happier and um, feeling that you've got a sense of purpose and a sense of accomplishment and mastery every single day. Because sometimes, quite often, one can derive pleasure from mastery. So how, what can we do in terms of trying to think about that critically in this particular situation? Well, one of the main things is routine. It sounds very, very simple but it's actually hugely important. Human beings um, thrive on um, uh, a sense of controllability and a sense of predictability. And we derive that in many respects from um, the routine that we engage in every single day. And if you actually um, uh, reflect on your own routines, um, you'll you'll actually find that you're quite predictable. Um, uh, Even taking into uh, consideration how you get up in the morning. You'll probably get out of the same side of the bed every morning, you know, um, uh, <laughs> you know, sequence and, you know, you may clean your teeth first or you may go to the bathroom first, but it'll be a predictable um, uh, a pattern. And quite often when we enter um, crisis situations like um, a, a pandemic, that has a, a hugely destabilizing impact on our routine. 
So um, you need to impose, or, or, or uh, our listeners need to impose um, some sense of structure. Um, one of the easiest ways to do that is to um, is to be simple. Um, go back to a um, a basic timetable actually, and start thinking about um, uh, what activities do I need to populate in this particular timetable in order to ensure that I have a solid routine. Um, so so that that that's one major aspect. The other one is about controllability. Quite often when we have um, these sorts of um, uh, societal shifts which COVID has brought, it can rob us of a sense that we have control over our own destiny. Um, and again, that actually can feed back into issues about worry, which again, we don't want, um, particularly about kind of health in the future. Um, but you can actually control um, small things. So for example, if you're worried about your health, one of the things that people quite often do is they'll log onto the internet and they will search for a whole host of um uh, uh, evidence to suggest they either are going to be unwell or they're not, not unwell. And of course, when you do that, um, you'll find stuff that um, uh, causes difficulty. So two things about that is reduce or limit the amount of, of, of internet time that you engage in that type of activity and only use trusted sources uh, and try and minimise it as much as you humanly possibly can. Um, because it, it is in essence a sense of what we call reassurance and, and quite often that reassurance leads to more of the same kind of activity. So control what you can. So what can we control? Well, we can control our social distancing. We know we can do that. Um, we can control our hand washing. We know we can do that. We can adhere to the, 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 the policies within our trust environment. We know we can do that. And where we feel things are maybe not the way we would like them to be in our environment, we control that. We can, we can control that as well by reporting that to your manager. Um, and, and, and accepting the fact that I have sat down, thought about what it is I need to report to the manager and have done that. Um, in other words, you, you can reclaim um, control in a variety of small areas in your life. Combine that with um, a self-imposed sense of predictability through organising your day and your time, uh, and you can regain a lot. And that timetable, again, can be used in terms of sleep. Again, when our routine is disrupted, quite often you find that um, people will actually say uh, watch um, binge watch uh, TV till late on in the evening, so they're not getting enough sleep, they're not um, rested enough, and, and that can lead to negative problem orientation. So it, it can have a negative impact on their ability to recognise and then solve basic problems. So simple things like getting a good night's sleep, and, and again, you can help your timetable can help with that. Um, so you know, it doesn't sound like very sophisticated. Um, approaches, um, but actually quite powerful. However, and this would be the caveat, those would be strategies that one would use when you're feeling stressed, um, but not necessarily um, distressed, because there is a level where quite often you do need additional assistance. Um, uh, and, and there are a wide variety of sources out there. And I know quite often people, especially first line responders, um, can feel that to um, raise an issue can somehow um, unveil uh, a weakness, uh, a defect, something that's that's wrong with them. Um, and also quite often people can be worried that to do so might have a negative impact on their career and career progression. A um, couple of things to remember about that. Number one, that's not true. It cannot have a negative impact on your career progression. Um, and number two, if we can seek the right help at the right point, 
um, then we don't have a problem. Um, variety of ways in which to do that. Uh, if you find that you're able to go to work, you're able to find some you know, enjoyment, you're able to concentrate, you're able to do everything that you need to do, but you do notice that you're just not um, uh, engaged the way you would normally be, that you, you're aware there's something wrong. You can simply speak to a peer, um, use, a, use what I would call a form of peer supervision to talk it out. And through that mechanism, A, that might resolve it, B, that might, um, might not uh, may not resolve it, in which case, you know, I need to elevate this, I need to move this to the next next stage. And again, there's a variety of help out there. Um, your GP, of course, go into your GP and your GP can uh, um, recommend um, a variety of different avenues. But there are also other sources out there. There's counselling services that can be used very, very effectively as a as a reflective sounding board for difficulties. And then there's more um, uh, other approaches like cognitive behavioral psychotherapy, psychoanalytic and psychodynamic psychotherapies and others uh, that can be used to help explore other issues that are maybe perhaps a little bit more uh, deep-seated and problematic. For example, um, uh, one of the things that, that could come out of this COVID crisis uh, is, as I said, mentioned post-traumatic stress. I've also mentioned health anxiety. Um, and also worry in the form of generalized anxiety disorder. We might even see other people with obsessive compulsive type traits coming through. We know that um, uh, cognitive behavioral psychotherapy has a very good proven track record and success rate in treating those conditions and treating them quite effectively. Um, in fact, CBT therapists treat people who have those conditions and who are in work um, and, and, and treat them very, very effectively. And it does not disrupt in any way, shape or form um, their, their working life. Uh, but, but as with everything, uh, if we if we explore these issues um, as we're going along before they become um, a significant problems, I mean, we, we've probably all heard the term early intervention. We, you know, probably there isn't any area in medicine that we don't um, or, or we haven't heard that phrase. It's the same is true when it comes to stress and and and. and mental health problems, um, the earlier one catches it, then the better the outcome, like any, like anything else. So you know, if you're noticing you're stressed, speak to someone. If that doesn't resolve it, then take the next step. Um, speak to your GP, um, uh, contact um, a local counselling service. And if that doesn't resolve it, then, then move it along to more advanced um, psychotherapy type approaches. Um, the worst thing that one can do, and it's something that probably all human beings do, is try to solve the problem on our own. And the difficulty with that is that while human beings are excellent at problem solvers, quite often if we can't solve the problem early, then the method that we're using to solve it can quite often become uh, not only a problem in and of itself, but quite often will reinforce the the, 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 the original difficulty. Um, and, and once we're in that zone, quite often we, we, we are working so hard to fix a problem that we can't fix that we cannot see that there are other avenues um, of assistance. And, and that can lead to really um, the problem becoming um, more entrenched. So getting it early is always the best way to manage it. Oh, my goodness. There's a number of points, actually, there, Colin, because um, uh, I'm sort of listening to this and you, you, you suddenly it becomes very personal what you say. You think, oh, my goodness. Yes, I do that. Or I know somebody who does that, etc. One thing I think that that's interesting is, uh, first of all, that all that you're talking about works outside of a pandemic, you know, the, the very, mm. uh, you know, um, if we never went into the pandemic, there, there will be listeners who can benefit because of the very nature of, of the stressful work that we do, pandemic or, or otherwise. 
but I, I also wondered, some of you were talking about whether um, we're, we're reinforced in the media that this pandemic will come to an end and whether people think to themselves, well, all that I'm feeling at the moment will come to an end. But you were talking that there is that it actually may may go on. You may develop post-traumatic stress, etc. Uh, I, I do wonder whether some people suffer in silence thinking, well, when the pandemic's over, I'll go back to how it all was before. And then, you know, my, my the feelings that I'm having at the moment will disappear as well. I suppose you can't necessarily predict whether that would happen or not. No, I mean, it, it, it is a really, really um, important point. A, we cannot predict what's going to happen. Um, I mean, maybe you know, in a, in a few months' time, um, we'll have a viable treatment or a vaccination. Everything goes back to normal, and perhaps that'll be that. I suspect, however, that for some people, that will definitely not be the case. And in my mind, I categorise these individuals in, in in really two or three categories. Um, there's the group of people who have maybe always struggled with some anxiety um, and managed quite well in their work and and, and in life. Um, but, but this um, pandemic might well have um, just added to their um, stress to the point where that they now can't manage the way they used to. So, so there's, in my mind, there's that category. Um, there's the other category, of course, who perhaps already um, had a very well-established um, mental health problem. Um, and again, these are individuals who can be um, working quite successfully, um, but this actually might make their problem worse. And then there's the third category, and that category is those individuals who threw themselves into the work, who, who worked uh, above and beyond what they normally would, who spurred themselves um, in, in no way, shape or form. Um, and all of a sudden now that the pressure is off them, because they haven't had a chance they've gone along the process, what's actually happened in both cognitively in their thinking and emotionally, all of a sudden they're left with this um, legacy of worrisome thoughts of um, of emotion that hasn't been processed appropriately, and they're eye on their own, and they're on their own without the benefit of the the structure that's held within or that, that they have now within the pandemic, where there's a lot of different types of support. All of a sudden, that can be gone, and um, without that, then we may see those individuals manifest um, uh, mild, moderate, or perhaps even severe psychological problems. Okay, that's really great, Colin. I wondered if there's anything else we haven't touched on that um, might be useful to listeners at this time. Well, there's there's one thing, and actually we have briefly touched on it, um, but it's something that I, um, I I do think it's worthy of emphasis, and that's um, uh, one word: reassurance. Um, and, and particularly nurses, um, uh, we quite talk we talk about reassurance all the time. Quite often we'll talk about it in our notes. A wee phrase that's near and dear to my heart is reassurance given to good effect. Um, the interesting thing about that is quite often reassurance is not given to good effect. Um, so we as practitioners, if we find ourselves continually asking for reassurance, um, whether we do that directly or indirectly, so directly can be, am I going to be okay? Well, that's obvious reassurance. Um, a little bit more indirectly might well be saying to your partner, well, I'll see you when I get home. And um, when the partner says, yes, I will see you when I get home, we can quite often take that as a form of reassurance. If you find yourself doing that, then you know you're quite stressed. And, and that to me would be, in addition to all the other things we've mentioned, something that you should, should, should look out for. Um, and at that point, you should, rather than seek reassurance, is seek to ask or, or try to ask yourself, 
why do I feel the incessant need to do that? What am I worried about? Um, and that, again, should also be a trigger to have a conversation with um, a, a close person to you. And, uh, and I didn't say friend or deliberately, um, because we work within a, a health community um, and we're quite well, sort of, we've got good colleagues that we work together um, who understand what we're going through. Um, so I, I would always argue that every single day before you leave your shift, you should spend time to sit, even if it's only five minutes with your peers, and discuss the day and, 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 and as a way to kind of uh, process those thoughts and emotions and leave them in work so you don't bring them home with you. But back to reassurance, once you get used to doing that, if you do notice you're doing it and you're a little bit concerned, then you can bring that up in your in your, in your peer supervision, as we would call it, at the end of the day and ask your friends and colleagues, is anyone else doing that? And you may well be surprised the answer that you hear, um, because I would imagine that a lot of us do it. Colin, that's brilliant. And I have to say, the astute listener may have heard that it started raining in Belfast, hasn't it? So they may they may have heard that. You can't do a lot about all things, but but hopefully people can do do a little bit about some of the things that you're um that you've you've talked about. And we'll put some resources that I know we'll we'll have from you as well. We'll put something online as well that will help. Colin, thank you so much for joining us today. No, you're, you're well. It was an absolute pleasure. I hope people find that um, what we discussed today to be even slightly useful. Absolutely. Well, thank you very much to Colin and thank you, Richard, also. Well, Richard, I found that personally really interesting and full of really useful advice. I took away a few things which I'm sure, you know, relevant to many people who who are not nurses but particularly useful we we hope for nurses um the things that i particularly took away were on mastery and reassurance and also timetabling so that important thing about making sure you've got a routine at this uh, particularly difficult time yeah I, I agree it's 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 funny i picked up exactly the same the reassurance one is quite interesting um for me i trained as a um, psychodynamic counsellor and we talked a lot mm. about reassurance and I think it is one to just reflect on that if you're constantly reassuring um, other colleagues or patients and so forth actually stopping and allowing them to talk allowing them to explore their feelings rather than telling them oh it's going to be fine you'll be okay etc think little bit a little bit about um, what that reassurance is doing. So I thought that was a really interesting point. Mm. And the other, of course, is, is recognising when you do need help outside and there's so much help available now. Absolutely. And we'll certainly put uh, plenty of uh, resources in, in the show notes to, to help people who are looking for further support. Um, one that we can mention is, of course, the RCN Counselling Service, which we'll, we'll put a link and a number in as well. Well, thank you very much for that. And thank you to everyone for listening. We, we really appreciate it, particularly at this time. And I hope that um, you gain some useful information and support and possibly even inspiration from the podcast. And as always, we'd appreciate any feedback or rating or reviewing us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And you can catch up on the series so far by following rcni.com forward slash podcast. Thank you for listening and stay safe.